0: It ain't the left side the right side, and it must be the Fin side. It ain't the left side the right, right
1: side. Good evening, Dolphins fans. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side with Cat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, the FinFanatic.com website, as well as the Fan Sided Network. I'm Brian Cat, NFL. Paul is fanatic, underscore, pick. We are now, Paul, three days into free agency, the Dolphins have somewhere around uh, 21 million dollars in cap room to spend and uh, obviously as we've learned in recent days that money can be moved around all over the place and you know I I want to begin the show by saying this that on this show for the last several weeks, if not the last several months, Months. we have talked about the importance of the Dolphins addressing the offensive tackle position. And we've also salivated over the amount of money the Miami Dolphins have in the offseason. They went into this offseason with the most cap room in the entire league after coming off a winning season. Now, I say that because it's not time to freak out – about what's out there because look the offensive tackle cla be the the offensive tackle free agent market has not only stayed the same except for the ravens signing morgan moses which paul did not like obviously it was a steal for the ravens 5 million a year for some 5 million here. a year 12 million a year but the bills released darrell williams a very good right tackle when he plays right tackle um And Billy Turner, a former Dolphin, was also released by the Packers in a cap move because they're paying Aaron Rodgers $50 million. So my point is there are so many offensive linemen out there and offensive tackles and the Dolphins do have the money. But I'm starting to get get pretty antsy if people can't tell
0: following me on social media over the last couple of days. And in part, I'm with you. It's so a couple of things. I'm going to start this off by saying, at the very least, we need one offensive tackle. We, we need it. The other thing I'll say is, before free agency even hit, and this is something I've been thinking about on and off for a while, I've said similar on our show uh, in the past. We did not have a great offensive line in a while even.
1: We'll go with a while. Historically bad last year.
0: Right, but it's the past couple years we really haven't had a great offensive line. But, the other aspect as well is our scheme has gotten dumber and dumber. The offensive line, and you can go back and look at our grades, didn't play horrific in the games we ran the ball. And Our scheme was terrible and we didn't run the ball enough so anybody that's a pass rusher was able to just pin their ears back so realistically a couple of things with with Mike McDaniel and the way he likes to run the ball did make this line better even though they're definitely not there yet and it makes any line better the fact that you have to account for and believe that the run is coming at you the fact that Mike McDaniel's scheme has a tendency to put defensive players off their spot, giving you a numbers advantage with your offensive line, with your fullbacks, with your tight ends, the guys that are leading the play. The way that Mike McDaniel also inclu- includes and utilizes wide receivers in the blocking scheme, that also helps the offensive line. So you don't have five guys on an island with seven guys that know you're passing and they're all coming just hell-bent for leather. Um, so that improved it. It's not where it needs to be, though. Now, the other thing I've been thinking about over the past couple of days, we didn't like Robert Hunt getting kicked into guard. He played well down the stretch, but I think Miami's probably going to kick him back out to tackle and let some of these resources they have fight it out for the guard spot, at the right guard spot. Connor Williams has left guard on lockdown. I know we're going to talk about him extensively. Which really, yeah, puts I mean, you in position to need a tackle at that point.
1: But I want to go back to a point you said about guys being put on their spot, and th- that's where I I like and I respect Mike McDaniel, where I is. Look, you could look at at who they signed. Uh, you know, Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, and Alex Ingold, and say they shouldn't have spent eleven or twelve million dollars there. But that's the part where I respect where Mike McDaniel, otherwise, why did we hire the guy? Unless it's to move the rest of the defense down the field and to implement this zone-blocking offense and get fast players like Raheem Mostert and Chase Edmond into the hole. But I also cannot, cannot respect if, there if if he's thinking in any way that the Dolphins have to have Austin Jackson and, and Liam Eichenberg at the offensive tackle spots. And and I don't think that's the case. Let me be clear about that. But there have been some there, there's been some talk. I mean, Barry Jackson has said that there's there's talk within the organization that the offensive tackles and the offensive line was very poorly coached instead of you
0: know, no, thank you. Sorry for the uh, mouth breathing there. Um, Sorry, I thought you were done. I was trying to catch him. <laughs> it sounded like you were yelling into a walkie talkie cat.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I was just, thank you. Thank. I always I appreciate the heads up. So, uh, but the bottom line is the Dolphins cannot go into next season with Austin Jackson and Liam Eikenberg at the offensive tackle spots, because very simply, you cannot turn the worst position in, in the NFL historically last year, in into a great unit. You just can't.
0: I, and, and I fully agree, and I don't think we're going to go in with either Austin Jackson or Liam Eichenberg at a tackle spot. I think we're going to go in with Robert Hunt at right tackle the way it's looking right now, unless somehow the Bengals let Lyle Collins walk out from their meeting. But I think Robert Hunt is going to kick out to that right tackle spot And it wouldn't surprise me if the Dolphins make a run at Trent Brown for the left tackle spot. And I know one thing that we talked about already on this episode, Miami has somewhere in the neighborhood of $21 million available. Uh, There's a lot of ways that they can can make money available. And and this is something I wanted to ask you actually on this show, and I apologize. I meant to tell you about it beforehand. Go for it. Would you be willing to commit to – Xavier Howard and Jerome Baker for the next three to five years, and there's a reason for this.
1: Given the way the AFC is going on right now, yes, because okay. if we're talking, because and and you were way ahead of the of the curve on this ball because uh, about kicking money down the down the road, I'm not sure if you did it intentionally, but uh, yeah, I mean, if basically you can take this amount of money that Xavier Howard and Jerome Hold Baker on, don't steal are, my point. Are, are, are getting. Don't steal my point. It's just, and you could yes take it down no. the road? Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, Would I be in favor of it? Yes.
0: Okay. So I've sat around and played with it, and you could give Xavier Howard that raise that you've agreed to thus far. And he's. I think he's got something like three years left. You can give him that raise, and a significant raise, and basically use Saints money to kick the can down the road, like you were just alluding to. And you can clear easily five million in cap room for this year for Xavier Howard. I think it's something like three to four million a year for Jerome Baker. And if you're willing to commit to Byron Jones and, and realize that you may have to move him over to safety at some point to the Eric Rowe role, you could basically clear another fifteen million with those three players and give them a little bit more money, utilizing uh, signing converting the signing bonus, utilizing the void year aspect and knowing that you're committed to them for the next three to five years, depending on the player.
1: So here's here's my question to you is yeah. if you're going to do that, then you have to do it for a specific player. Mm-hmm. What specific player is that?
0: Uh, for me at this point, it would be if we needed cap space for Trent Brown, for not my favorite play, but you know what? I would do it if need be. The, the uh, Armstead um, – it's it's really like, look, I mean, if you need to clear some space to maybe bring in Bobby Wagner to play next to Jerome Baker and not have to worry about that in the draft, if you were going to look at some trade scenarios, which I know we'll probably do in a future episode in the near future, um, as far as whether it's an offensive lineman for a linebacker, if there's a stud-wide receiver you think you can go out and grab.
1: So here, here here's, what, here's my point, is that I, I'm not interested in kicking money down the road for the Only sake of kicking money uh, for the sake of kicking money down the road. If you're saying this is the way we get to ter- uh, ter- uh, uh Teron Armstead and this is the way we get Lael Collins, 100% on board. Yep. And then if you get another player too, 100% on board because in the AFC, where you have um right now five elite quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, uh uh Justin Herbert and you may be able to include Lamar Jackson in there and somebody I'm probably forgetting if that's the way you're going to say we're going to be competitive and we're going to win here in the next two years I'm all for it but I'm not interested in doing it if it's just kicking the can down the road
0: no and and, and I wouldn't do it unless it was for a specific player other than I would consider it with Xavier Howard because we've agreed to restructure this offseason and Greer has already come out and basically said publicly, hey, we committed to restructure with Xavier Howard in good faith. He showed good faith in us. We're going to be doing that this offseason.
1: Yeah, so if if you're saying we get two very good offensive linemen and complete this offensive line – You know, Bobby Wagner, I thought, declined a little bit last year, but I I, I understand the point of what you're saying. But Mm -hmm. you're going to get three to five good players, and you're going to be more competitive. That's the way the NFL is trending with, uh, you know, the amount of money that they're going to get here over the next couple of years in the salary cap. It's quite obvious that the salary cap is, if it's not been obvious to everybody, that's pretty fake right now. I mean, but, yeah. My here's my thing, and going back to the offensive line, I see eight players on the market right now, and the Dolphins need to get a combination of two of them. And if I could pull up the list, I could do it. Uh, So Teron Armstead, a left tackle. In this order, Teron Armstead, number one. Lael Collins, number two, and he's in Cincinnati tonight, like you said. And if he leaves there, the Dolphins have a really good shot of getting him uh, for somewhere in the neighborhood of 12 to 15 million a year. Probably have to make a long term commitment, but he plays right tackle and he would protect to his blind side. From there, Eric Fisher at left tackle came back from an ACL surgery 13 months ago, played for the Colts last year on a one year contract, got in at the second half of last year. He was okay. He wasn't great, but you're talking about a former. First overall pick and somebody that's, you know, three years removed from um two Pro Bowl seasons. Then after that, you know, it, it, it kind of gets a little bit tighter after that. Trent Brown, I still go back to, I don't see how he's gonna fit in this offense because he's so darn big. He's six foot eight, three hundred and seventy pounds. And the question becomes: are would the Dolphins be willing to to make that concession uh, for the scheme fit as opposed to protecting Tua. Well,
0: and, and and I do see the point with the scheme fit piece, but I also go back to something that Mike McDaniel said in, in, in an interview while he was still with San Francisco. And he basically came out and he said, we wish we could get all these big guys, but because of the fact we haven't invested... High round picks in in offensive linemen. We've been for We're forced to go ahead and Utilize the strengths and weaknesses with these guys, which is, you know, being a little more agile Like we he said, I think he said he's like we wish they could all be six eight four hundred pounds Trent Brown is not far off from that and with a running scheme you you can scheme your blocking around the players that you have and I think that he could do that with the blocking scheme based around the strengths and weaknesses of somebody like Trent Brown. Trent Brown's going to bowl somebody over, and you can't move him. its I'm trying to remember, I was reading a quote today. Uh, when Trent was a young player with San Francisco, oh God, who was it? Was it Khalil Mack? Basically said that he's the best blocker he's ever faced in his life. Well, he's,
1: he's so hard to run around. And because of that, I'm willing to deal with the non-scheme fit if it comes down to that mm-hmm. um so armstead layell collins eric fisher dwayne brown or, or trent brown and then dwayne brown who's 37 years old but continues to plug along and it could easily be a one or two year fixture there at the left tackle spot and he fits that wide zone scheme he could still move um and if jason peters and andrew whitworth could do it till 40 Dwayne Brown could probably play at a serviceable, durable level for another year or two, so he's somebody to keep in mind. And then I'll, I'll finish that list with J.C. Treder, who I'm surprised was cut from the Browns, who are in complete disarray right now. But you know, only 30 years old, plays really well, has played in a zone scheme, and has continued to over the last couple of years. Billy Turner and Daryl Williams also cut recently. Uh, I, I know people may roll their eyes at Billy Turner, but ever since he's left the Dolphins, he's turned into a really good player. Uh That's a you theme might be amongst offensive linemen. What's that?
0: That's a theme amongst offensive linemen. <sighs> Declining? No, just when they leave the Dolphins being at least serviceable. No,
1: gotcha, yeah. Uh and, and hey, I was actually heartbroken to hear that Jake Brendel one of our favorites, was actually re-signed to a one-year deal by the 49ers after he, he left. Jake the Snake,
0: Evan, baby. Bring him back.
1: Evan Brown was to well, probably throw a seventh-round trade in for him. But uh,
0: that, that's eh, that's the major point here. Okay. So, And, and that's where it, it sounds like, other than Lyle Collins, at right tackle we'd be making concessions with a lot of these guys. And that's where... I still think Robert Hunt was out of position last year. I think he did. While he did well at guard down the stretch, I think he's a better right tackle, given the fact you've signed Connor Williams, and a lot of your resources really are guys that are going to kick inside uh, or should kick inside. Austin Jackson, it, he's got a lot of athleticism and a lot to learn, but he's better in the foam booth. Um, agreed, Brett Dodger. Um Liam Eikenberg is better at a guard in the phone booth. Solomon Kinley got off to a rough start last year, got got a little fat coming into camp, but at the same time, you go back to Robert Hunt at right tackle with Solomon Kinley at right guard. The two of them made each other better playing next to each other, and you know the who-can-get-the-most-pancakes game they like to play was effective on the right side of that offensive line. Uh,
1: Solomon Kinley, you said uh, came in a little bit fat to camp. <laughs> that's that, you kind of glanced over that. Solomon Kinley is a fat pig who will never ever play in this game. I, I'm going to tell you this right now. He will never play. He is a useless player. And we'll we'll, we'll revisit. I, I I hope I'm wrong about that.
0: Okay, and, and he might not. But you know what? It's that's that's listing off three guys, not listing off Robert Jones, who also looked good at right guard when he got a chance. Yes, he did. Year. Um. You know, and, and you start – I mean, hell, I don't want him on the team and I think we can get you do better with his roster space, but Jesse Davis was better at guard than he was at tackle. Like, you've got five guys to try to plug into that right tack, right guard spot if you kick Robert Hunt back to right tackle and you sign a Trent Brown or a Teron Armstead or a Dwayne Brown or, you know, like
1: – Yeah, absolutely. It, if, 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 if you a, have – You're fixed. If, if If you have Robert Hunt at right tackle – is if even if he is a slight step below where he was at right guard, it, he's still a, a good right tackle, and uh, and then if you couple that with a good left tackle, and then you shove all the other resources inside, I'm 100 percent with you on that. So at a better I, I, scheme I,
0: and a better scheme, and that that's such a huge factor for an offensive line because as bad as the offensive line played last year, the resources were here to be a far better line than the Bengals. Who made it to the super bowl and the scheme was so broken and stupid that it made them look bad the fact that no matter how like we god we had games where we were averaging over five yards of carry on those first seven to ten runs of the game and we got away from the running game and just said hey defense we're gonna throw the ball no matter what and not because they dictate it because we did because our stupid three offensive coordinators were so abysmal and our head coach wouldn't check them on that.
1: <clears throat> yeah i I think it's incredibly important the Dolphins get two of these uh, of the the eight players that I th- that I talked about: Teron Armstead, Leal Collins, Eric Fisher, Trent Brown, Dwayne Brown, Daryl Williams, J.C. Treader, or Billy Turner, because. If you can get two of those guys, you pair them with Connor Williams and with Robert Hunt. Now you've got four out of five offensive line spots. I'm not going to say completely fixed, but now you don't have a major weak link. And then you find somebody else along the way. Hopefully the Dolphins get three of these eight guys. But if they don't, I'm going to be really, really angry that they have spent 20 to 25 million dollars on backup players. And this is where I'm gonna I'm gonna fight anybody on Twitter who says anything to me. Don't ever sign backup players as opposed to
0: signing starters. And so, the Dolphins continue to do it. So I wouldn't I mean a lot of these guys aren't backups. Raheem Moster Moster and Chase Edmonds will probably get the lion's share of touches out of the back. Oh, I'm not even including them. Cedric Wilson? No, I'm not including that. I'm talking
1: about Teddy Bridgewater. Yep. I'm talking about the four linebackers the Dolphins re-signed, Landon Roberts, who is, okay, if not, I, I'll adjust that to saying backups or low, low-end starters. A Landon Roberts, Brandon Scarlett, Preston Williams, Duke Riley, and the uh, Sam Aguavon.
0: Last touchdown of to the season, Sam Aguiran. Who cares?
1: Who cares? I care. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it was cool. It was cool to see. But, but my my point is, that's fine. The, the these guys, the, the depth signings are fine, if it does not impede signing and fixing the offensive line. Because if it does, that's where I'm going to get pissed off. Because, I mean, if 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 I hear if I hear that the the offensive lineman that I that I laid out, Teron Armstead, Lael Collins, that the Dolphins came up a few million dollars short, a Duke Riley or a Brennan Scarlett short, that's embarrassing as an organization, and Chris Greer should be fired before the season starts.
0: Yeah, and I think, I mean, we walk away with one of those those tackles that can play left tackle. I think we're in good shape I really do like not the greatest shape we possibly could be with an all all pro line across the board but our line would be drastically improved at that point drastically it would at least be good at that point in which case the scheme as well is going to improve it Um, and and really the talent in the scheme is going to improve it I believe so it's if we get the one player that can play left tackle well. We're in good shape at this point, and we didn't prohibit ourselves from anything.
1: Yeah, it's it, the major thing we keep coming back to is both offensive tackles. And I I like the Connor Williams signing. I really do. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, when you take somebody from the Cowboys who, you know, when he was drafted as a 20-year-old raw offensive tackle out of Texas... And he's he kicked inside, and you know he he's had some ups and downs, but graded out really really well. But by a PFF last year in both run blocking and pass blocking, and he fits the scheme, and he can move, and he he fits the zone scheme very well. He can get out in front. Absolutely, I mean he, he's somebody that I think the Dolphins on a two year fourteen million dollar contract. He and Cedric Wilson. I love these signings for the Dolphins. I also love that they brought back Emmanuel Ogba and Mike Kosicki. Mm
0: -hmm. They
1: nailed those things. I wanted them, or I'm not going to say I wanted them, but I want them to also fix the offensive tackle position. So,
0: Well, the good news is we've got a big, strong, fearless player that if one of the linemen misses their block, he is blowing that gentleman up, and that's the so whole baby,
1: fullback. So rubbing
0: baby. his hands together as Pullback. as he was talking about fullbacks. I, yep. I stopped. I stopped listening to what you were saying and just started thinking fullback, baby, fullback. Like let's go. He's and an animal. He's an animal with like whether he's got the ball in his hands or he's out in front of somebody, like he just plays with fear and reckless abandon and anger. Ooh.
1: Yes, he does. And he's good at his job. And it's a job that's limited in the NFL. And it's a job that works for this type of offense. I mean, it, it, it's not in. I remember when we mocked our, our starting 22 offensive uh, play, or excuse me, uh, players on both offense and defense about a month ago. Um, I, I put, I had Patrick Ricard there. You know, he was a pro bowl fullback. He doubles as a defensive tackle sometimes, but it doesn't really fit the scheme because it, you need a Kyle juice check type of clone at fullback that can be athletic. that can get out into pass patterns that can pass block, not just this straight mauler who plays, you know, 25, 30% of snaps. Alex Ingold is somebody who's not only that smash mouth fullback, but also converted almost 70% of his third and fourth and shorts. I mean, uh, excuse me, third and, third and fourth and three yards or less. And, and he, so he's he's good in short yardage. He has soft hands. And he was the only fullback that was invited to the combine in 2019. It's rare for a fullback to even be invited to a combine unless they double as a tight end. So I'm in big favor of this signing because I like getting somebody for three and a half million a year who uh, who is really good at his job, even if it's limited.
0: He's very good receiving the ball out of the backfield. Uh, He is an excellent blocker. Excellent. Like, not just good. Excellent. He is excellent at his job and his role. And Miami's got some fun pieces to do some interesting things when it comes to being a little bit smash-mouth here. And if Miami gets a left tackle, they can make it work. If they don't, it's going to be very interesting.
1: Yeah, Armstead and Fisher and Dwayne Brown, even at his age, fit that zone-blocking zone, zone blocking offense. Because the thing is with Raheem Mostert and Chase Edmonds is it, it's not a smash-mouth type of offense as far as how the running back performs. It's oh, it's creating one lane and go. Correct, and it's creating a wide lane so that the running back can get from point A to point B really, really quickly. Jace Edmonds averaged 5.1 yards a carry last year, and among running backs that had over 100 carries last year, he was sixth in yards per carry at almost 5.2. And uh, Raheem Mostert, throughout his career, and by the way, he started, he played one game for the Dolphins back in 2015 as a kick returner. But... (laughs) for his career, averages 5.7 yards a carry. So if you get those guys into space and they can go from point A to point B, then they can do some damage. But you've got to get those offensive tackles out there first. And Liam Eikenberg and Austin Jackson, I, I, I'm i telling you, if the, if the strategy here, which has been reported by Barry Jackson, which has been reported by the espn guy with the hyphenated french last name daniel jacques. uh no that that's that that sounds pretty good and that sounds pretty close um uh jacques yeah so, somebody help us out in chat anyway uh that you know he's if i'm paraphrasing a little bit here but that oh the, marcel louis jacques yeah thank you thank you um that the problem may not have been with the offensive tackles, Liam Eikenberg and Austin Jackson. I strongly disagree with that statement because it is so hard to to take two offensive tackles who have been so bad last year, historically bad and make them great, which is needed for Tua to have time to throw in the pocket.
0: Yeah. And it's, Again, I I would love to have Lyle Collins and one of the left tackles, but I also think that we just, like, (sighs) Trent Brown may not be a fit, but he's better than any option we have, and at least we'll make this a functional offensive line. And that's all they need to be in this Mike McDaniel scheme, and that's what I love about it. Like, I know I've said this before. If you haven't watched it, go watch the Baldies' breakdown of the way – that this scheme puts defensive players off their spot and then occasionally puts them off their spot and tries to blow it up the middle. And in those instances, when they try to blow it up the middle, having a couple of these guys that Miami does have added to like a Trent Brown would work. So, Paul, if you're the general manager here, Dolphins
1: have $22 million to spend and they can move some money around.
0: What would you do? from this point forward in free agency i would turn my focus right now to the offensive tackle position you know with with the list of folks that we've talked about for whatever reason teron armstead is not talking to people while this whole deshaun watson thing is going on and, and you can't play musical chairs with this position and sit around and wait you know, for, ooh, what's Deshaun Watson going to decide based on what the Saints say and based on Deshaun, like, it's, it's, all right, try to make an offer to Teron Armstead. If he's not listening because he's sitting there staring at the prettiest girl in the world to him, which is the Saints, okay, fine. Move your focus, and if you don't land any of these other guys, come back. Because while you're sitting there staring at Teron Armstead, are sitting around waiting for Lyle Collins to hopefully get away from the Bengals. You're missing out on the guys that could still improve this roster. And this is a team that had a winning record last year despite a dysfunctional scheme on offense and despite the fact that they ran the wrong scheme on defense to start the year to the tune of 1-7. And And based on the way the roster came back and some of the additions they have right now, this should be an improved team. You just have to hit, you have to nail that left tackle spot. You have to.
1: Yes, and those three guys to me are Armstead, Trent, or Armstead, Eric Fisher, and Dwayne Brown. Uh, you know, Trent Brown is for me a emergency type of type of guy, but I, I I I guess
0: he factors in too given the circumstances but he does it's it's I'd rather sign Dwayne Brown now or Trent Brown now than wait around for maybe we get one of these other guys. If you can get Trent Brown now, get Trent Brown now.
1: Yeah, and he's uh he's visited with the Seahawks and the big thing that that's working in the Dolphins' favor is it's not like the the interior offensive line class. I mean, I I the top 9 guys that I have on uh, that, that are pinned to my tweet, Brian Cat NFL, they're already gone. I mean, and, and Connor Williams was one of them. He was actually, I, th- I think, fourth or fifth on that list and, and was a really good signing, is and is somebody that, at least as he projects to the future, uh, somebody who can play in the scheme, can pass protect well,
0: and can also run block. So, well, t- and one other point I want to put out though about the Trent Brown thing is Trent Brown doesn't preclude you from still chasing teron armstead he doesn't he doesn't prevent you from chasing dwayne brown he's a guy that can play left or right so if you get him factor him in as all right at worst he's our left tackle at best he's our right tackle you can basically still chase a teron armstead and be able to field an offensive line at that point of teron armstead connor williams michael Dieter, at least heading into the draft Robert Hunt, and Trent Brown. And then you've got Hunt as the guy that kicks out the right tackle. If if Teron Armstead gets hurt, Trent Brown flips over to the left side, which is no longer the blind side, and you still can have a functional offensive line with the resources you have at your disposal.
1: I think that's a great uh, breakdown of that. And what it comes down to for me, it, it it comes down to a paranoid fear for me that a prerequisite of Mike McDaniel taking this job is that Austin Jackson and Liam Eikenberg, we spent really high picks on these guys, and they have to work out. If that's the case, and that's what I'm going to be looking for. I'm not saying that's the case. I'm not there yet. But if they limp into this offensive tackle class after three days of free agency, and they are not even willing to – Involve themselves in it and spend that money. That's where I'm going to start getting upset. Yeah, and, and it's 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 something I'm and and based on what Barry Jackson and uh, the the guy you just mentioned uh, from the other day, which I, I I wish I would have written down. What's his name again?
0: Oh, good lord, Marcel uh,
1: Marcel Louis Jacques. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to make sure to write this. This is why I usually keep notes,
0: but I was so uh. Eh. Anyway, so I mean, Cat, and realistically based on the scenarios that are out there the one that was talked about prior to this this show, which is you can cut a bunch of people, clear another 15 or so million in, in, in cap space, and the reason I say 15 is because you still need to sign players to replace the roster holes to field your roster so that would bring you to like 35 million, and then you've got three players you can potentially kick the can down the road with, in Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, and Jerome Baker, so You could realistically clear a ridiculous amount of cap space to go out and get whoever you want if there are the realistic players available that you do want to go out and get. Or if you see a trade you want to pull the trigger on utilizing draft capital to fix a hole on this roster or drastically improve this roster, you have the opportunity to do so based on the resources you have at your disposal and what you can do with the cap space. Yeah,
1: and one thing the Dolphins have working for them too is they have very little dead cap, you know, basically paying out money to players who aren't on the roster in in that time span, in, in 2023, 2024, 2025. So I feel comfortable kicking the can down the road as far as that's concerned. If you're talking about that, our offensive line from left to right is Teron Armstead, Connor Williams, uh, let's say J.C. Tretter at center, who's still out there, who I really like. Robert Hunt at right guard. Uh, and Trent Brown at right tackle. Spending a lot of money on the offensive tackle, offensive guard group and free agency moving forward. This has to be an offensive line that is better. That it, It's going to be better anyway next year than it was last year. Let, let, let's face it, but it has to be a, an offensive line. That is better than a C minus, which it currently is right now. And that's where I'm starting to get
0: paranoid about. So let's hope that changes moving forward. And I think it will. I think it will. I I, I, While I think the Dolphins think offensive line is less of an issue than um, some of the fans do, because there are fans literally screaming for everyone's head. There are. And... I think they're being strategic with it in a way. They're, they do have the capability to give some of their young players the opportunity to improve and show what they have. Um, whether folks, I mean, we do have to reset a little bit of our expectation with some of these guys, just based on the fact that they've been hosed schematically um, for the past couple of years. They absolutely have, and they've been hosed from a coaching perspective. They've been hosed from a lot of perspectives. And they do have the opportunity to potentially show that they can be an effective player. But you still also need to address the position, and I think Miami will do that before all is said and done. I'm going to list off
1: some players that were signed for a couple of million a year, uh, going back to 2017. All right, 2017, Jay Cutler, Jermon Bushrod, Ted Larson, Julius Thomas, Andre Branch, William Hayes, Nate Allen, TJ McDonald. Those combined were about $30 million on the cap that year. And th- where were they after a year or two? Nowhere. 2018, Brock Osweiler, Frank Gore, who actually showed flashes, Albert Wilson, Danny Amendola, Josh Sitton, Dan Kilgore, Akeem Spence, Stefan Anthony. 2020, Jordan Howard, Matt Breida, Eric Flowers, Ted Karras, Shaq Lawson, Kyle Van Noy, Landon Roberts, Clayton Fedulum, 2021, Jacoby Brissett, Malcolm Brown, Will Fuller, Matt Skura, John Jenkins, Bernardrick McKinney, Brennan Scarlett, Duke Riley, Justin Coleman. This is why I hate the idea of signing players, current or free agents, to 25 to 30 million a year for those that group. Instead of signing a Byron Jones who changes the defense or Indomit and Sue who was a top five defensive tackle. Um, So this is why, I I be honest, I don't have a lot of respect for Chris Greer right now. That could change if he fixes the offensive tackle position. And it's more about the offensive tackle position. The offensive tackle position provides an offensive line that's better than a D-plus and protects Tua so that we can know about him by the end of the year or at the end of the second year.
0: Yeah, and I'm not willing to say throw Greer out with the bathwater yet. Uh, let's 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 give him a chance beyond the what thirty <laughs> or 12 th- Are we even at thirty hours in the free agency yet? Uh, uh, we're we're seventeen years into his tenure. I we, mean, we are, but let's face it, he didn't have control for a large chunk of that and some some of the guys he's gotten over the past couple of years he's gotten guys in that would have fixed it would have helped fix the offensive line last year not may, maybe not fixed it fully but we've had guys get cast off and 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 you name it by by coaching staffs we've had guys misappropriate and played out of position that we've pointed out for over seasons like but and, did,
1: did he sign those guys to begin with though i mean like i we don't know who
0: pounded what table for who
1: yeah, well, it, it it seems like it seems like the Dolphins never get good players, and he's been with the team for seventeen years, and he's been the general manager for six. It's, and now it's it, it, it the guys I just left listed off from twenty seventeen to twenty twenty one. It seems like a reoccurring theme of, of of signing bums. I mean, get players who are good. You, you look around the NFL, it, it, the Raiders just got Devontae Adams and they got Chandler Jones. They're trying to move the needle. The, the Ravens uh, sign uh, uh, Marcus Williams and Zadarius Smith. Uh, Smith was taken back, but anyway, still. Uh, the, the Colts uh, sign Yannick and Gakway. These are the teams the Dolphins were in competition with. The Dolphins are signing backups again. In, in what world does that make sense? Chris Greer, go sign some freaking offensive tackles and make this crap right. I mean, otherwise get fired, please, and leave us alone. Anyway, that'll do it.
0: (laughs) I mean, I I, I do understand your point there. He has signed some starters here. Um, He just hasn't signed that one position that we all blindingly see. Needs to get fixed. And, and and I'm with you on that. I really am. But it's, I'm not going to lay the blame all at his feet. Gase was a dumpster fire of a coach. That wasn't on him. you know. And, and that's where I think he has the ability to get talented players in here. But he's also got to work with these dumpster fires of coaches. And it's it sucks. But it is what it is. And, and some of his job, even when he's the one in charge of the coach or whatever... In some cases, it, it's getting them the players that they want, and it, it it's it doesn't matter what analysis gets gets put in play when he's you know, he's literally told like I won't use that guy, like or I want this, you know. It, it's so yeah. Uh, I'm not laying perf- well at, at his feet. Per- perfect Q and chat said yeah
1: feeling. we should just get Armstead and stop cats complaining. Exactly right. That's that's what needs to happen. I am um, tired of the Dolphins being a C or a C-plus at every position. And the the move that the Dolphins made, and I give Chris Greer credit for this, was signing Byron Jones a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. And they signed up for a lot of money. But the reason I liked it is because he was able to be paired opposite Xavier Howard. And it dictated what the Dolphins did on defense, and I contribute that along with Brian Flores' defense and with Josh Boyer's defense as a big reason why the Dolphins have been a winning team the last two years. And they should learn a lesson from that. They, you just can't be a C or a C plus at every position, especially in the AFC and how tough it is. So, and, we're going to. And, gonna and continue- I don't
0: think we're a C or C plus at every position it's we've been overbuilding the defense and not focusing enough resource on offense and that's the theme of what we had one of the best things i thought when mike mcdaniel came in is the fact that he recognized what we have on defense and doesn't want to blow that up and some of that includes getting some of the role players back and and i don't think it precludes us from getting a linebacker in the draft at least but in, he he wanted to tur- be able to turn the focus on the offense and not fix, not keeping the defense. The defensive line is, is well above a CC plus. The secondary is well above a CC plus, and we need a linebacker at this point to fix that position, which may lower it into that C to C plus range because of the fact that you know we've got Jerome Baker and then we've got some pass rush style linebackers in. Uh, Phillips and, and AVG, but we need a true linebacker to, to pair, at least, with Jerome Baker. And, and so that's where Atlanta Roberts doesn't move the needle there. Uh, Sam Aguavon shows a lot of talent and skill as a role player. Duke Riley shows some skill as a role player, but you need, you know, whether it's Nakobe Dean or Chad Muma or uh, Quay, or Jack Sam- like Well, Jack is more of a backup. But you get where I'm going with that. It's We've got talented players like Mike Kosicki that was criminally underutilized last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got players that can move the needle if you can put together even a functional scheme and fix the one or two spots left to fix on, on the offensive line. And there's opportunity to improve beyond that on the offensive line. But the scheme and the... Really fixing that left tackle, if you view Robert Hunt as the right tackle potentially, or fixing the right and left tackle is just going to elevate your game to be able to do the things that you want to do.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of moves that the the Dolphins could make here. I I think it all comes back to the offensive line. Um, There's some – but what, what I also like too is that you know, Mike McDaniel, who, who routinely gets five yards a carry out of his offense based on what he did with the 49ers, also got two running backs, Raheem Mostert, on a one-year, $2 million contract, and Chase Edmonds, you know, it paid a lot for him. but it, it, And I think Edmonds, it's what he does in the passing game more, but McDaniel, well, Sh- who routinely r- routinely gets five yards a carry, and running backs who get five yards a carry, that's that's a good marriage there, and and that's something to to base it on. Yeah, but they they also need they, they also need to be able to have, to have blockers for them.
0: They do, and, and the Shanahan offense tends to run the wheels off a of running back. So I think I wouldn't be shocked to see us keep a Savan Ahmed and a Miles Gaskin on the roster, potentially add somebody through the draft. You know, it's Shanahan's offense has run the wheels off running backs as as long as our Shanahan-style offenses even have run the wheels just completely off of of running backs as long as I can remember to, I think, back before you were even a Dolphin fan cat. Like, it's just, it's, you know, Terrell Davis days even, like, just dead leg. Like, and that's part of of the game with, with running the ball the way that they do.
1: Yeah, and the Dolphins are still going to obviously look at running backs in in the mid to late rounds, and I hope that that running back is paired with Raheem Mostert and with Chase Edmonds, too. So, yes, so so much we've covered here tonight, and we'll see in the upcoming days of free agency, and we'll be sure to jump on with some emergency shows, and that's going to do it for our breakdown of Really, days two through four of free agency. And there's a lot of news around the NFL that's going to be coming out over the next couple of days. Where does Deshaun Watson land? We'll see. Um, not in Miami, that's for sure. But I'm Brian Cat, NFL, Paul's fanatic underscore on pick. Uh, fanatic underscore. Oh, fanatic sure. get yours right. Underscore pick on Twitter. And you can follow us on the finfanatic.com website as well as the uh, fan-sided network. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. Thanks for joining us tonight. Have a great night, everybody.
0: Save big money at
1: Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com.